0: Welcome to New Mommy at 40, a honest, informative, and non-judgmental podcast for those navigating to and through parenthood in their 40s. Whether you're currently a stay-at-home mom or just curious about the lives of stay-at-home moms, this episode is for you. We're giving you an inside look into the lives of three stay-at-home moms with special guests Kendra Dayhoff and Katherine Beeg, and it's a part one of two episodes that we'll do about this topic. In this one we'll chat about transitioning from the workforce and some research of pros and cons and part 2 is all about resources. But before we get into it, leave a review after you've listened to this episode and don't forget to follow and subscribe. All right, let's get into it. It didn't happen in my 20s, who cares? Now I've got all this fancy wisdom to share. Hey, I've got this baby, you're getting the best of me cuz Welcome to this episode. I'm so excited because um, I've wanted to do a panel like this for a while because it's been something I've had to get used to in being a stay-at-home mom. So I have some fantastic mamas that are joining us today on our panel. Uh, we'll start first with Kendra Dayhoff. She is a mama of a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter and 35. And then we have Catherine Beeg who is a stay-at-home mom as well and she has one son who's two and a half years old and I wanted you to talk about what where did you start from like what did you do prior to be stay-at-home moms Kendra what did, what were you doing before
1: sure I was um, working as a clinical social worker so I was essentially working as a therapist and uh, because it was the pandemic I was conducting virtual sessions so on video um, and on phone. I was working with a practice and then I ended up actually starting my own practice. So I was doing that more recently, like, you know, doing that right before I had
0: my daughter. And I'm assuming even with a private practice, it sounds like you still made the decision to not continue with that. Is that right? Sure. Kind
1: of Yeah, and actually my timeline was a little off. That's like such mommy brain. Um, But yeah, I was actually working for a practice. I had her, I continued working for them, and then I transitioned to my own practice while she was alive. (laughs) But I I had been working, I guess, a little bit over a year when I made the decision to stay home and pause work. Uh, I had gone through a lot in the first year of her life, um, I started working part, like I had my maternity leave for about three months and then I worked part-time for about another three months. We put her in daycare for six months, so that was from when she was six months old to a year old and she got sick so often that it just mm. didn't feel logical to us and you know in our partnership it usually made more sense for me to take time off work instead of my husband. Um, just the nature of our jobs and I have more flexibility so I could do that. So that was, that was difficult. Uh, so we got a nanny after that period. So around a year old, we got her a nanny. We did that for about three months. And unfortunately we just had some issues there with just dependability and taking initiative, things like that. And through all of this, yeah, there was just a lot going on as a family and adapting to being new parents. Wow. Uh, it just kind of got to a point where like, things were a little bit better with the nanny, but it was still, you know, there were still kinks we were working out. And I felt like if I do, if we can figure out how I can stay home, let me try that. That's the one thing we haven't tried. And maybe that will create some more stability for us. So, when she was a little bit over a year, almost a year and a half, I I
0: started staying home with her. Wow. You've, you've tried a lot of different things (laughs) before finding this rhythm. Kat, you came from the corporate world prior to uh, having your son and you still are working as a dating and relationship coach helping women find their feminine power and, and what they do. And how, how was that for you? Did you, were you working corporately right up until you had your son and then switched into this new career?
2: Yes, so uh, I was a regional manager, uh, training manager, I should say. So I managed the trainers for a major cosmetics corporation, and so it was a great cush job. Yeah. Like I loved what I did creatively. I loved what I did helping artists and helping trainers. Like it, you're a teacher basically, right? right? So you're just like the teacher of the teachers. And um, and my, the company I work for that um, you know, you can look up. It's one of those like Fortune mm-hmm. 500 kind of a company, but um, they really take care of you. They had the most generous uh, maternity package that I'd ever heard of from any of my friends. And still, so I was on maternity leave for six months. This is like my job for 18 years. I was like, that was my life job. Yeah. So I really grew in this company and um, I was the corporate warrior. You know, it's like, (laughs) I just kept getting promoted and I just kept trying to do my best and getting promoted. And it was like, really exciting and magical. And then, you know, later in life, this, you know, baby happens. And like, now you're like all this, you know, legwork pays off because now you get this like great perk and benefit. So like six months of mat leave, as we all know, this is the timing of we're all COVID moms. Mm -hmm. So retail business was terrible during that time. And so there were waves of layoffs before I even went on mat leave. And then uh, the day I came back from maternity leave, so uh, Coda, my son, was six months old and um, I was laid off. And so, and, you know, it was like through no fault fault of my own, all that stuff. And so um, I received this severance package. And so I, I lived this privileged life for a time where my husband and I were like, we had my income and I wasn't having to be at work. But once that severance package wore out, that's when, you know, it got real. Like, it was like, okay, like, I'm really, like, jobless. And, like, my husband and I decided that I was going to stay at home with Coda. But it was really dependent on him getting contracting jobs. So he's a game designer And so he used to own his own studio. He was the business owner entrepreneur. And now we've like flipped, Mm. which is really weird. So like, you know, when Victoria says that I'm a dating and relationship Mm. coach, like I just fell into that Mm. while I was on mat leave. Mm. I was giving friends advice. You know, it's like you don't have a lot of time, but you do have a lot of time when you have it, right? Like when the baby's asleep, Mm. when they're newborn. You're kind of just like twiddling your fingers on social media. And so
0: let's be honest. We also miss doing something too, right? There's some aspect of that, right? Where you're like, you've been so busy and now it's like, Mm, yeah, you should be relaxing, but you're still, that energy is still like, I gotta do something.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yes. And you are doing things all the time. I think we all know that feeling of like, the more you do, the more you do. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So when you're so busy with this newborn all the time, your brain is always on fire it feels like a relaxing thing to like give people advice mm. about dating. I was like, "Sure." Mm. So, that's how I just fell into it and still to this day it's not my job in that it, in, in a financial sense, right? Like my husband's job is my job and like I said we flipped where ne- like now I'm learning how to be an entrepreneur and guide myself and he's now doing more corporate mm. things. And so it's very funny, but me being stay at home was very much dependent on was he going to go that route right. and just secure a consistent salary versus going out on his own again and being entrepreneurial so it's been a complete shift for our entire family yeah. and for both of us as partners more than just it's been a shift for me which i'm sure is really common for a lot of people who like decide to be stay at home sometimes it's not really like a decision it's that the baby needs care. right? Mm. And so
0: mm.
2: what do you do? And one income in this economy? It's tough. Yeah, that's a big decision. It is. Yeah. It
0: is. And, you know, for me, I can relate because I was at that point a flight attendant when mm. I was when I met my husband and had uh, a career. I was flying all around the world. I was just getting my passport stamped. And <laughs> and though I I knew That once we got pregnant, I felt that going back to flying probably wasn't going to happen. I also started to kind of question humanity a little bit in the job and just (laughs) wasn't sure I wanted to fly anyway. (laughs) To be honest, I was looking for other things and I had dabbled in other roles within the company as a manager. And I thought, man, between managing and teaching, I would love to do that. But both options required either moving to Orlando, which was definitely not in the cards for me. Um, or just, you know, uh, shifting gears, which weren't the, the going back to a managerial position wasn't available. So I really just, Mm. all I had was flying and I have no family nearby. And that's another thing I think can drive someone's decision is like, who do I have to realize this was 2019 boy did I, I didn't even realize how, that was about to be really, really stark because we were going to be in seclusion for a while. But um, I I made the decision not go back around that. I mean, I think it was a month before going back, like my plan mm. to was and I just the closer the date got the more anxiety I was having about it, like who's going to watch her? Mm-hmm. What if mm-hmm. within coming off of this pandemic and we were kind of still in it actually, but like re, for the airlines to recover after being shut down, essentially for that time, I knew it was going to be crazy. And I didn't want to be in a city and canceled because we don't have pilots, you know, and no one can get in because of, you know, being sick and being out for two, three days and having my Mm. husband going, well, I'm working like a a nine to five. I can't watch her and not Mm. really having anyone to rely on to even trust Mm. in that time with COVID and um, just wasn't sure how that was going to work. And I just remember going, I can't, I don't think I can do this. And my husband in a way kind of let me know that he was actually hoping i'd say that but he was never going to suggest it suggest it you know he was like as long as you made that decision (laughs) i I made that decision i really don't and and like can can we do this because it requires you know both people to be on board especially when you're relying on someone's you know income at that point which was a new Mm -hmm. thing for me and we'll talk about that what that's like to come from these, you know, these roles that you, we each had, and kind of being dependent on your partner financially for your entire family, and even your own, you know, extracurricular activities or what that whatever that might be. So, yeah, so I, that was how I ended up being a stay at home. But I remember when I did so, I remember thinking, this is a little different than I thought. Stay at home what that role was, which brings me to the question of what did we think a stay at home mom was? What what did we think the experience was going to be like? Was it, is it similar to what you thought or very, very different? Let's start with, with Kat. Yeah. Um, so
2: back when I became a stay at home mom, which is, I don't know, not that long ago, like a year ago, I think I thought a lot of what not to be weird, but like, I think I thought what men thought and like comedian men joke about where they just say that it's like this cush job and, <laughs> you know, it must be nice and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that the now what's commonly known and we see it everywhere on social media is that there's there are many jobs that make mm-hmm. up the stay at home mom job. Yeah. And so they seem very like task oriented. Right. And so um, when it comes to the levels of this job, I think that I thought it would be as easy as my corporate job,
0: Mm. at least, Mm
2: -hmm. or at least I would have mastered it because I'm already like I'm two and a half years in. And I still Mm. don't feel like things are running like a well-oiled machine. You guys are laughing, so I feel like you know the feeling. I feel uh, not alone. Yeah, We agree. It's like, yeah. And so you go through many processes in your mind of like what this means to what you're bringing to this role. Because I don't know about you, but me and all my friends that are moms now, I've never really been bad at a job. And I don't, I do sometimes go through the mental load of like, am I just really bad at this job? And I think I attribute that to like a few things. So like, I really think that like being children of the women who came out of the modern women's rights movement, right? Like we had stay at home moms that were probably the example that I think still a lot of women are living that example where that woman does all the jobs, the cook, the chef, the cleaner, the you know, the caretaker of the children and multiple children. Right. Like I think we've seen that and we've seen what a toll it's taken on those women Mm -hmm. and our parents, but like our moms, but what's normalized for us now is we've seen that we thought somehow that was like the template. We also know it's not easy, but then we grow up still for some reason thinking it's not as hard as our corporate jobs. Right. Mm All right. And now it's like harder, it's like 10 times harder because there's the layers of like all those jobs plus all those jobs (laughs) being a layer in itself and like you feeling really the weight of it. And like, I think that I'm now experiencing this understanding that what I used to think is like menial tasks or were just like a weekend activity when i was a corporate woman living by myself right and taking care of myself they're now my whole life and it's it is a huge way that i add value to my family and i'm able to support my family and i used to just think what my husband does and he he does those things too like he has to do the tasks otherwise the house doesn't run right so like he I used to think, though, like making the paycheck was support and stability. And that's what I thought when I was single, because mm-hmm. that's what it was. And now my whole definitions of support and stability are completely flipped. Mm-hmm. And I I hope this is the future for all the future generations. Mm-hmm. I'll certainly be teaching my mm-hmm. son and any other children we have mm-hmm. that like um, what just because the world doesn't value those roles and those tasks doesn't make them less important. It means that our mm. mindset needs to shift so that we mm. actually value those things and then value ourselves and what we bring to the role. So like to kind of bring it like full circle, like the reason why like I brought up that like I think I thought like men of like, mm. maybe it's even olden times now, I hope, right? I- but like, like that's not that that hard of a job. It sounds like fun or whatever like, I, I've completely had a mind shift to that's so important and there's so much understanding lost of what that role needs to be or should be Um, that you do need the help. There's so much help that you need and, you know, you need your village and you need your daycare and you need all these things like, like child care is only one portion of my job. And because I also mm. want to pursue a passion mm. like my coaching, we are outsourcing mm. the childcare, but that just gives me more time to do the other stuff, to make sure the laundry gets done so we have clean clothes for work or for playtime or school or whatever. So, um, so yeah, it's like it's not an accumulation of those tasks that I used to think it was. It's really so important and valuable. Mm.
0: Absolutely. I I completely uh, concur on so many of the points that you said and I was thinking too about when the, the guilt sometimes comes in in this job of is it hard because I'm just trying to do too much like am, am I am I over mm. am I being an overachiever like maybe I should not have any outside like like when do I get to do something that makes me fulfilled and mm. is that taking away from my child's experience it would maybe it would be easier mm-hmm. if i let some one thing go like what could that be i don't know how you feel uh kendra how was that like for you like the what what did you think this was going to be like for you the stay at home role and what is it uh now in comparison sure it's i feel like i had no idea
1: what it would be like <laughs> I had this vision in my head that it was moms sitting at home watching TV and doing what they wanted to do, which like really makes no sense. <laughs> I don't even know where I got that. Like like this like having fun with their kids and like like you don't have to work. like you don't have to worry about work stress and going into a job and like just a completely different fun relaxed life (laughs) um and it's not that (laughs) definitely um and I used to have this like idea that also doesn't make sense now that it was like women that just didn't feel like working anymore like it Mm. really just doesn't I don't know where I got that either um, but it, it's a job. There's a lot of tasks involved, like I was talking about, and they kind of take over the whole day and they are very valuable. And they keep the household running because things can kind of fall apart if you don't stay on top of certain things. Uh, and it's it's very like emotionally and physically demanding. Mm. Um, I actually spoke to a stay at home mom right before I transitioned to being full full time at home with my daughter. And she told me it was the most exhausting job she had ever had.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think I was hoping that she was exaggerating. <laughs> but now I really I was like, she's just like trying to scare me. <laughs> like, there's no way. It's um, the most exhausting
2: 10 jobs I've right? ever had. Exactly. Yeah,
1: there's, there's more than one job, definitely. Um, yeah, I think just as a therapist, as someone that was putting a lot of mental energy into her job before like i never thought anything else would would feel that way um but yeah you're with a little human and they have a lot of feelings and they don't know how to cope with those feelings and they have tantrums and they just start crying sometimes and they just are trying to tell you something and they can't And there's a lot of like interpreting and like just nurturing and and just Kind of bonding in that way with them which takes a lot of energy um and trying to understand what's even happening with them sometimes <laughs> and then just physically even just like every time you have to pick them up every time you have to like do anything with them like <laughs> from a lot of their <laughs> a lot of the first two years or a year and a half like a lot of picking them up and moving them different places and putting them into car seats and taking them out of car seats and all of that is, is a lot sometimes um so yeah no it's demanding in a lot of different ways and it is valuable i never realized how much it could change our dynamic as a family and the kind of support that it could bring to us too um yeah no i i literally feel like i had no idea what it would be like and it's been like a real learning experience and
0: kind of a steep learning curve at the beginning yeah me too yes. i feel like i almost wanted to like seek out any stay at home moms I knew before and say, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I should have been i'm feel so sorry i was that friend before. that never asked i never came by mm. i know i told you at the baby shower <sighs> that i would be there for you and help you mm-hmm. i didn't you could you really did need that <laughs> didn't you yeah <laughs> because a lot of empathy now yeah a lot and you know i too i don't know where it would be interesting to do uh, like a survey from people to see where their idea of what this mm. job Com- where that comes from because you bring up a really good uh, point Kat that it, maybe it's this male ver- like, uh, maybe it's a patriarchal thing mm. that where that came from but I, tr- yeah. I too did feel like it was going to be more relaxed like this idea mm. of time seemed endless like yeah look at all the time I get to spend with my kid and I have time to do so many things oh, I can't mm. wait to do we're gonna I'm gonna schedule mm. our day and mm-hmm. we're gonna do all these yeah. fun things and then we're gonna yeah. be so tired at the end of the day we we'll both sleep and it's like <laughs> no, I'm like trying to not take naps during the time I'm yeah. supposed to watch my kid because my kid's not <laughs> yeah. sleepy um but yes. but I will say something you you mentioned Kendra about it's there's that fun time and relax I find that I am having more fun mm-hmm. than I thought I would mm-hmm. now like when white right and the brink of me try, like really settling into this role it started to not really I would have I would not have described it all the time as fun mm-hmm. especially after that newborn stage then I started having fun but then relax was like a whole I that wasn't an existence in the universe <laughs> of stay at home at yes. all but some of the points that you both mentioned would someone would say falls under the umbrella of motherhood, parenthood, period. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's so intense as a stay at home mom? What, what is that? How, why is it so much more intense in this role? Cause someone who's listening to this is a mom is like, okay, so I have to mm-hmm. put them in and out of the car all the time. And I, you know, I don't have the choice of staying home and I still feel tired from my job. Why, why do you think, how would you explain that to somebody listening? Any of you?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that you are doing it on your own. There's at least for me, there's no other adults around unless I go to the park or I set up a play date with someone. Uh, so it's just you and your kid all day long sometimes um, there's no one else to get advice from about like how, how should we do this right now or what should we do right now so there's a lot of responsibility I think about this routine and just all of your child's needs and yeah I think it just it feels like everything in those moments when it's just you and your kids everything falls on you and it's like, you want to make the most of that time. You want to take that responsibility seriously. You want yeah. to feel proud of what you're doing and, and make sure that your kid is healthy and happy and like a lot to put on one person, especially if it's just you alone with your kid most of the time. Yeah.
0: You know, cause I yeah. often think, um, to, to describe it to someone too, it's kind of like, well, think about what you're getting out of your daycare. Right you're getting mm-hmm. more than one adult that's like mm-hmm. watching your kid and from mm-hmm. 9 to when you drop them off to like 5 or you pick them up they have activities planned for mm-hmm. them and it's it's a team handling it mm-hmm. so now take mm-hmm. that one person out <laughs> and even if it's one kid it's mm-hmm. just that one adult providing education food, amusement, all of that is just one person. And then you still have to be a partner to your partner. So then you have someone else that is relying on Mm -hmm. you and that, you know, you have promised to be there for as their person. So it's usually, I think the best thing is to, you know, it's the, I think the, the difficulty is when do you replenish your cup? Yes. Would you yeah. say, Kat? Like Oh yeah. I think that like
2: to describe this job to anyone, like to describe this to the old me.
0: Yeah. Right? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Or like How- that any to any <laughs> yeah. women
2: out there that are like, you know, haven't embraced motherhood yet and much less like tried out stay at home momming. Um I don't know if I could have ever, if anyone could have ever explained to me the lack of mental freedom you have mm. when a child, your child, not a child, right, honestly, right. we've all been around children, <laughs> but like when your child yeah. who came out of your body, or yeah. even if it, they didn't yeah. come out of your body, you know, is that's is your child that you're, you're responsible for caretaking, like that mental load and the lack of mental freedom to just mm. like, oh, I just, I just had a moment to myself mentally. If that <laughs> equals someone's you know, like safety Mm -hmm. and well-being Mm -hmm. every second of their lives. It's like that, that just doesn't exist in a way I can think of at all. Like all day long, right? All Mm -hmm. day long. Mm -hmm. Um, I would imagine it's really similar to like a surgeon performing surgery. Mm. Like you have to be present a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. it's such a gift to be able to be present. It's like you're meditating, right? On that, like you have to be present a hundred percent of the time because their life depends on it. Mm -hmm. But, and you know, some surgeons know this feeling when their surgeries are like, I hear about these surgeries that are like hours and hours and hours and hours hours long. And I'm just like, I don't even know how you have a job like that. (laughs) And then now I feel like it's it's not (laughs) surgery, but at the same time, it's like it the feeling is the same i mean i don't i don't know from their perspective i mean the Mm. feeling to me in my mind is like it's Mm. the same the feeling is just as heavy even if the circumstances aren't exactly the same because You just can't change the fact that your brain knows Mm. that you're responsible Mm. for that child's safety. Your brain knows that Mm -hmm. the same way that I'm sure that surgeon's brain knows that he's Mm -hmm. responsible for this person, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I don't mean to compare this Mm. job to that job, but I mean, like, that's what I can imagine is that your brain has accepted that fact and it puts a certain amount of pressure on you. And everyone's pressure is different depending on how seriously they take that. And apparently I take that very seriously because <laughs> I'm like torturing myself every day. Yes. And that that seems to be the consensus amongst all the stay at home moms um, that I talk to because those times when you are alone, whether your partner works eight hours or 16 hours or whatever, like the time you're alone with your child, mm. it really does just feel like so much is riding on you. Yeah. And you can't yeah. afford to not be present for a second.
0: Yeah. Mm. And then there's also the other aspect that I want to bring this in too because I, I looked this up to find some interesting facts about pros and cons about stay-at-home moms. This is through uh, verywellhealth.com. Thank you very much. Here are the cons. Since so we're talking about the cons and we want to give people the pros too because mm. there are, are obviously some amazing mm. aspects mm-hmm. to being present this much, you know, for our children. Yeah. But let's talk about some cons. So let, let's see if any of these ring home. So parents often desire to go back to work that's one con uh, parents may have higher levels of sadness depression and anger social isolation of the for the parent and loss of income Does any of these kind of feel like uh, things that you had to kind of rationalize for yourself or go through in adjusting to being a stay-at-home mom? uh you know I, I definitely I c- think that. Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I wasn't sure if someone was no, thinking okay. about it. So I was going to jump in. and.
1: Sure. sure. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about the, the isolation at the beginning. I, I mean, I am I'm an introvert. And I love my alone time. I love like just being at home and relaxing and I thought I would really enjoy doing that all the time, like just being alone with my daughter and doing things at home with her. And I didn't worry too much about like how often we saw other people. Um, And after a few days of that or even a week of that, like we would go out, but maybe we wouldn't actually talk to anyone else. Um, I, I was starting to feel very lonely and very isolated and like a little like stir crazy. Um, so I think that was something I had to learn how to, to cope with. And I really learned the value of connecting with other moms and, you know, just going to activities and classes with her so we could be around other parents. Uh, yeah, I think that was like one of the biggest struggles at first. Like, like we have a lot of time and if I don't like make certain plans, that will be like us being alone all day. So trying to fit in like socialization
2: for me and for her.
0: Yeah, I um, for me, yeah. the- tell me the first
2: two again. Yeah,
0: I'll be happy to. It was um, parents often desire to go back to work and parents may have higher levels of sadness, depression and anger. I I see what mm, they mean okay. about uh, anger. Yes, there are times that I get angry at my kid because it's the mm. tantrums. And then I really I have to say I give myself credit for Usually, every time in those moments, there's a time where I say there, she's doing exactly what she's supposed to do. Calm down, like it's because mm. I I come from a background of corporal punishment, mm. and where everything was a smack, 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 smack. Mm. And I learned from that, but but I also was a very sensitive kid, and that really made me go, why am I never good enough? Like, why can't I ever mm. just like am I, I'm always doing something. What am I doing wrong? And I adopted sorry all the time. Like I was always Mm. that kid saying sorry for everything. With Mm. that said, it's not that I don't, I've smacked her twice, like on the hand, like, you know, really like a tap, tap. And enough where I gauge how that feels on her hand. And each time I've done that, like I said, twice, it's been like, it's destroyed me. Like, I feel like, oh, I didn't want to do that. But, and we have the discussion, and I do the other half of what I never received as a kid, which is the conversation of, like, I'm really sorry I did that. I'm sorry that I had to do that. Let me tell you why. Do you know why? And if she answers yes, and I know this sounds a lot for a three-year-old, but she does. She's like, because I did that. Like, yeah, yeah. and I asked you several times, but I don't want to do that, and I'm sorry. So I've done my, I'm doing my best to kind of avoid it, but I do feel like, I think it's because we're together so Mm. long. Mm -hmm. I think there are days where it feels like, We've done like I. Mm. This is Groundhog's Day tomorrow. <laughs> like I've we've done this. Oh yeah, you're repeating a lot of things over and over. Over and, and over. I'm and like this,
1: even all day long.
0: Yeah, I'm like this was yesterday. This is the same <laughs> thing. But then I go. She's three. She's three. You know, like she's three. Yeah. Like she has no concept of time. She doesn't know her days of the week. She doesn't know how much time. When you say we've got two hours to get there, it means absolutely <laughs> nothing to her. But I do feel that. Uh, The challenge for me was understanding that my lack of time and her reality of time are so different that even if the same thing is being repeated every day, that's her learning. She's like learning. That's just, you know, her brain is like processing something and learning and adapting. And I'm the I have to really dig deep in making sure I'm patient So I feel like that was an adjustment for me too, of combating where I've come from in terms of my, my uh, background and how my parents dealt with me and then also Mm -hmm. not taking it out on her that it's feeling mundane, like trying to, and so that really, really made me dig deep in trying to find more activities to get us out of the house. And I think that was when I started to think, I think it might be time for like some type of day program, even if it's two hours, Mm. two days a week, maybe that would be great. You know, the other thing for me was, um, the loss of income was huge. I've been working since I was Mm. 16, 15 years old. Um, Mm. I very rarely have had to ask for help from people. So to be the dynamic of that in my marriage was very interesting because I came in having a job, and then now I wasn't working, and just kind of adjusting to having to even have that discussion of like, how are we going to handle money? Are you depositing something every month? Are we sharing this card? Like, just having that mm. was very was a power struggle for me. It really was. Just like mm-hmm. I hated every aspect of coming to the table and asking, it felt like I had my head bowed, but at the same time, mm. someone in, in why I will get to community and why that's helpful. Someone told me, well, you are working. Like you are part mm. of your Like what you're doing is mm. enabling him to work. So mm. don't feel mm. bad about asking and having the conversation about money. Like you need it. <laughs> like, and, and that was what's agreed on. When you said, I'm staying home and you're going to be working, there's an understanding there that should be clear. And if it's not, I advise people to be very clear when you're, when you're talking about this with your partner, how are you going to handle that? Um, you know, cause I think that's really, really important. was there anything else somebody wanted to, um, uh, in terms of the cons that hit home for you that you wanted to touch on?
2: Yeah. I think that, uh, it's funny that like, you know, cause Victoria, you and I know each other. That's, yeah. This is probably why we connect. I have the same pain points. Like mine is the loss of income mm-hmm. and mine is also the sadness, depression, mm-hmm. rage. And like, I have the anger and like, I think a lot of moms know the mommy anger and like mine it though, isn't towards Coda. It ends up being towards my husband. Mm-hmm. And I see this a lot happening too. So, um, I struggle with this all the time. It seemed to have happened like when I got pregnant. But something happens, whether it's between that life change, these realizations, uh, being in a situation that's very triggering, which is just creating a child. And then it brings up your whole childhood. Mm. Now you're thinking about mm-hmm. your role. And then you have to think about the roles that your parents played. And you, your brain doesn't even realize it's doing this compare and contrast game. And your partner gets rolled up into that. And so like, I am working on it and have been working on it. And you have to seek, uh, you know, this is a very privileged conversation, but like, if you can seek professional help or you can, you know, do whatever you can to really gain a perspective to understand, like, what is this message that your anger is trying to tell you? And why does it keep telling you that? Because when I'm in my right mind, like... When I am angry and in a very fight or flight kind of a a mode, it's I feel like I'm very justified in getting so angry at him for whatever it is I think he's doing, which later is always so petty, right? But it's the deeper feelings that you're having that usually are probably associated with what we all talked about. You're, the negatives you've associated with the role that you're now in mm-hmm. as a stay-at-home mom and when I'm in my right mind, I know he doesn't deserve it. And so how do I reconcile these things? I mean, it's a struggle to this day. I'm currently like struggling with it. It's so hard. Um, And then the loss of income is like, you know, I'm really passionate about speaking to women and helping them understand how to find love when we were never taught how to find love. We were taught how to find jobs. (laughs) Right. And so, I could do all that for free, but there's a pressure I put on myself that he puts no pressure on me to do this, (laughs) but I put on myself to find and speak to and talk to and market. And, you know, and there's all these coaches now on social media that, you know, are all competing with each other. And it's, it's a very like, it's a deep world you can dive into and really beat yourself up and try to grab some, financial, you know, like security out of it or whatever you want to call it, you know what I mean? Or like just, uh, just weird, like value, right? Like I just want to get the money and say, oh yeah, I'm doing a job, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah.
2: Um. So for me, even though it's like you and I have the same issues, they're presenting totally differently. And I think that's the thing too, is that even when you speak to other stay at home moms that, that have all these same type of issues. Like we all have the same type of issues on paper, but when you really hear the story, there's so much more that is a blessing that comes out of it. And I know we're going to go into prose, but like I would have never realized these things. I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to work on these things if I wasn't held to it every single day. And like, you know, there's something beautiful in that, that, it wouldn't be coming out as ugly as it is. It wouldn't be coming out for me to deal with it.
0: Yeah, and uh, your child would be better for it, right? Mm, because yeah. you're, it's, it's, um, in a way, it's a, it's, you're, you're, you've been, you're kind of, I wouldn't say forced, but the situation presents itself for you to dig a little deeper and heal some things that maybe you didn't think that you know you were still dealing with. And it all in all, it makes you a better person. And and I wanted to talk about how this has influenced your parenting style, you know, whether you may have thought of what it was going to be prior to having kids and, and, but I think you touched it, touched on it is that we, we kind of do this comparison and contrast in our minds you know, uh, sometimes actively and sometimes like it's present and then you realize, wait a minute, I think I know where this is coming from. I'm trying not to be, or I'm trying to be my mom or my dad or whatever that might be and how that affects your parenting style. But speaking of parenting style and the pros of being stay at home moms, again, this is the research it says, uh, that's, uh, that I'm reading from says it increases in child school performance. Um, Child has less stress and and aggression. That's because we have it. (laughs) Child has less stress and aggression. I love that one. I was like, of course they do. Because on the other side of that is the parent may have levels of sadness, depression, and anger. (laughs) Um, Greater involvement in child's day-to-day life and feeling good about the choice to stay home. So here's the other aspect I thought about this. In this discussion. There are people who are listening to this that are stay-at-home moms and are like, I love it. I don't have any wishes to do anything else. I don't know what these ladies are talking about. I find every <laughs> moment just refreshing and there's times to relax. And I know that sounds bananas to the three of us here but i have to tell you in doing research for this and i went through so many groups of stay-at-home moms and there was one woman who said i'm just confused as to why everyone on this page is constantly talking about other things that they want to do and making time and everyone's trying to make time to do something else. Like I just (laughs) want to be with my kid. And I read that and I thought, Oh, I get it. I okay. Like, I mean, I respect it. And you know, just today I ran into someone that I had met at a, a a friend's um, kid's birthday party. And this is her fourth child. Her older children are like teenagers and one might be in like their 20s. And now she has a two-year-old. And she, I was asking like, so, you know, are you thinking about putting her in a day program or something? She's like, no. I was like, and to me, I was like, no, I was like, no. I have no plans of her <laughs> doing that until it's time for like pre-K. And I was thinking in my head, I was like i don't know if i could have waited that long for her to not go to some type of day program for me and i love my daughter i love her so much but i just couldn't i was just like so she's you're just that she's just home and she's like yeah and i thought okay but so there is that aspect too so there are people who feel yeah. really good about that that choice there's never uh you know, uh, a struggle of did I do the right thing or not? Um, yes. And I'm not saying that, that that's what we're saying here. It seems like everyone's still like, I, I don't know if you would take change your decision to be a stay-at-home mom at this point. It just sounds that, you know, for us, just for anyone who's listening out there, we we ha- there's there's still stuff that we've had we have that's left undone that we, mm. we that we still want to tap into and feel like mm. that we can still be super moms and super women and and do other things and that's okay but i just wanted to put the pros out there because i just don't want anyone listening to this and going yeah, no, that's not for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but also okay. if they do, more power, more power, to, power to Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but it's okay. But yeah. I mean, I do. Yeah, I will say about those pros, like honestly. So I wouldn't change anything. Despite yeah. our conversation so far, I wouldn't change anything. I really, really love being a stay-at-home mom just for the simple fact that like I have never done this before. Mm-hmm. And like similar to you, it's like I've been working since I was 14. I'm now 43. I worked till I was what? 42, so Mm -hmm. like 13 to 42 is already somebody's whole, like some of our parents' like whole career, right? right? Mm -hmm. So like, Mm -hmm. I'm so glad to switch gears and to have these realizations that I do think is patriarchal and capitalist Mm. programming. I really think that a lot of what makes me feel bad about, you know, like just not being good At this, And not giving myself the space and time and grace to acclimate to something that I already know logically, like mentally, I know is more complicated than I thought it was. I know it's more work than I thought it was. Like, and so because I have these like preconceived notions that come from living in this crazy world that we all live in, of even if you're not in a capitalist country, like this whole global economy is based on capitalism, right? And like, you know, and who can make more and do more and all that stuff. And so like, I think we're all programmed, no matter, no matter where you're living to think this way and put value in things that have to do with like, you know, power, domination, colonizing, like all these, like, you know, all these things that like, it's funny because like we're a whole panel of, women of color in some way, I'm assuming, right? And so, but, and at the same time, we all, I think, have adopted this, you know, this 1950s history in our mind of like what a stay-at-home mom should be. And like, that wasn't my 1950s. If I watch those shows from the 1950s, nobody there looks like me, you know? So like, but somehow I've adopted this thinking that like, I should derive my value from those types of systems. Mm, yeah. And so finding your own way, but then also finding other women, which is like all of them, every stay at home mom that I talk to has gone through the same thing, even the ones who embrace it and love it. Mm. E- and, and I have a friend who I, I would say, I don't know what she would say is excellent at being a stay at home mom. I really admire a lot of the things that she does and the system she puts in place and, how effortless it seems to her that like, you know, she can walk around with a baby here and a baby on here and still do all the stuff she needs to do. (laughs) And her house is clean relatively, you know, like mommy clean, but not, it's not a disaster by any means. And still in her vulnerability, she'll just Mm. share that like, yeah, yeah. Like, but, but I love this and, and it's okay. And like, she just happens to be good at it. I think, because she's not really as hung up as I am. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women I know are about these preconceived notions that we Mm -hmm. had. So I think that um, a huge plus is like, I'm an extrovert, you know, it's different than Kendra, where it's like, Mm -hmm. I will find friends when I need help, Mm -hmm. um, even if I don't like asking for help. And so like, that's necessary to find who you want to hang out with and where you can get any type of support and, you know, and embracing every woman, no matter who they are, they're all going to have a story to tell that you're going to be able to help or like help yourself from it's like and and women, woman I've met is more than happy to share their story.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so that's what's great, too, is that I I don't think I've ever met a stay at home mom that was like. No, I don't want to tell you what my experience was like. No, we're all dying. Yeah, I was about to, to say, tell each other. We're all like starving yeah. Yeah. for
0: community anyway. Like <laughs> yes. whether you're introvert, yes. or extrovert, you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, there. You are. We need I, it yeah. for
2: survival.
0: <laughs> yes,
2: and so it's like it, I. I don't think basically my whole thing. One of one of the main things. I don't think it's also not hard for the women who find it easier, just mm. because they may not have those hangups. I mm. think it's also hard for them. And then I feel like I can learn a lot from them just watching them and just seeing, like, the things that don't hinder them, like they hinder me during the day. Like, why am I upset having to clean the same tiny little pair of pants for the third time this week? (laughs) And why am I upset about that? It's like, did I not know? I do know. So it's like, why am I upset about that? And then my brain starts making stuff up. Oh, it's a wasting soap and water and all this stuff. I don't care about that stuff. Like, I just make enough stuff to be mad about because, like this capitalism has taught me that like I need to like be like upset that I'm doing this task that's below me or I'm wasting something that costs money and all these things. They don't matter. They don't matter. Yeah. Kendra really. I see that you
0: really felt that about the beneath you thing that that aspect. Tell me what I'm seeing. I saw you like, yes, that, that makes sense. Why, why? (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, I, I think there are a lot of tasks like that, like, like, I, there's part of me that enjoys, like, keeping the house clean and, like, just having a nice space to be in all day, um, and, like, cleaning the dishes and doing laundry and all that, but then... You know, I went to, I got my bachelor's, I got my master's, I worked as a therapist for a long time, <laughs> and it feels kind of strange to, like, mm-hmm. like I never focused on those tasks, and those tasks were not that important to me before, and, like, yeah. there was a lot of time to get them done before having a kid, too, so True. it wasn't a big deal, it wasn't something I had to do all day long and try to feel like I had to stay on top of so it is a big like i guess perspective switch to to see that as valuable and to see like and to feel proud that that i that i'm doing these things and and to feel like it is like part of a bigger picture and it is part of like us supporting each other as a family yeah i think it, it took a while to to get there and like yeah kind of integrate it into like my my lifestyle
2: and my my job and, yeah yeah well, like kendra okay so I kind of have, like, a comment that, like, so, like, I've heard this from women that, like, so you've gotten a master's and then there's got to be a part of you that's been programmed in by academia to say, you're just wasting that degree, right? (laughs) But the truth is, your child is now getting an education from a woman who is educated to a level that men didn't used to get educated Mm -hmm. to. And Mm -hmm. so, like, and a woman of color. And so, like, this is the stuff that it's, like, I feel like, and the thing none, none of us have touched on yet is like, but it mentioned it in those pros is like, I get to decide how my mm, child is educated yeah. and their emotional regulation and like yeah. things that my mother yes. with a high school diploma could not have given mm, me mm-hmm. those tools. I think that's the yeah. the hugest pro. Yep. The hugest pro is to be able to like be so thankful to my partner that he affords me the opportunity to do these things. And then he can be thankful to me that
0: our child gets that kind of,
2: you know, master's degree level (laughs) parenting. It's true
0: because they, they see they're with us all day. For example, in my household, excuse me, we speak French and English. So one of the things I really wanted for her was to pick up on French. And Mm. I see how, like if I was flying and I was doing, you know, what I was doing before that would not have happened so seamlessly. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's fluent now and yes. Yeah. You know, and that's most like, when she went to, we, we, we found a, a day program where they speak French, um, for her, it's like a French immersion, um, situation, but she went in there understanding and able to communicate. And I thought that that is the moment for me where I thought, Oh my gosh, I did it because for me, that's legacy. That's amazing. Because for me, that's carrying the women before me because I learned because my grandmother really wanted to make Mm. sure that I had this language. Mm. Um, All the stuff that she's left behind for future generations is all in French. My mom, who's not here with me anymore. And I know that she would be like overjoyed Mm. that Mm. this is being carried down because that is culture. So, Mm. I know time afforded me to do that. This, that afforded me to do that. And then I see also, you know, my, my husband jokes all the time that uh, my daughter's all him in the face, but all me in personality, (laughs) Uh, but I see the best parts of us in her that she's getting because Mm of time that she has with us. That mm. is not to say that if we were both working, that she still wouldn't get some of those mm. things. But I see that the, the time that's been afforded to us, they've really, she's, they, they've they really soaked in. And mm. I get to, the fact that I get to mm-hmm. see so many parts of her day and see how it's like, how she's evolving is a gift. Yeah, I, I, I am thankful that I have the, the privilege truly to be with her this you know all this time and and you know for a lot of us in this age group who may be one and dones for many different reasons whether it's you know our eggs or or by choice or whatever it is it makes it even more precious the privilege that I have to sit with her and be home with her because I may not get another opportunity. And if I do, it's, mm. it's like a blessing, you know. And, but I, I, I think about that too on the, t- the, huff, the tough days where I go, you're mm. not going to get this time back. Mm. You're not going to get this time back. So just settle. Settle into something today to bring you back to being in full gratitude that you get the honor to do this. So right here is gonna be our conclusion of part one of just kind of how we got here and we can't wait to give you part two so you can kind of hear what the tools, the resources that we've been able to tap into that have made our experiences that much more richer and that we can't wait to share with you so that you can have them too. And now I'd like to invite you to leave a review. Let me know what you thought about this episode. We love hearing from you. And don't forget to follow and subscribe at New Mommy at 40 on Instagram and Facebook or go to the website newmommyat40.com. Take care of yourselves and each other.